Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me and giving me a little bit of your time. Hopefully it gives you some tools and helps our country just a little bit. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, tell others about it, whether in person or online, you help the podcast to grow. So thank you so much. Not a lot on Homestead. Just hot. It is just hot. And if you are in a part of the world or the U.S., that is unbelievably hot right now. I'm sorry. I think I think I enjoy summer a little bit less every year and look forward to fall a little bit more every year, if that's possible, because I already really like fall, which seems like forever away. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast. Thank you for the people that listen to it and share it. Be with them, bless them, strengthen their faith, strengthen their marriages if they're married, guide them in all that they do. Help us to do your will, Father. Help us to seek you and your kingdom and your righteousness first, to love you with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Forgive us our sins, please, the ones we admit and the ones we don't. Forgive us for our laziness and procrastination, cowardice and unbelief and not trusting you more and our selfishness. Help us to turn back to you, Lord, both individually and as a nation in our actions. And to really change how we live our lives and what we do. Guide me in the words that I speak today, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So we stumbled across a quote on one of the recent podcasts by John Quincy Adams. And... So it made me think about going back and doing a little bit on him. And so we're going to. So if you don't know much about, we're probably going to spend a few days on Mr. Adams here. If you don't know much about John Quincy Adams, he was the sixth president of the United States, son of John Adams, the second president and the son of Abigail Adams, right, who was our second first lady, who I talk about often on here. He went with his father over to France when he was serving as U.S. minister, and at the age of 14, he received a congressional appointment to the court of Catherine the Great in Russia. He was a U.S. senator, 
minister to France, minister to Britain, where he negotiated the Treaty of Ghent, ending the War of 1812, Secretary of State for President Monroe, obtained Florida in 1819, helped push forward the Monroe Doctrine, only president to re-enter politics, becoming a congressman in 1831, where he worked to abolish slavery. He was nicknamed the Hellhound of Slavery, lifted the gag rule, uh, which had prohibited discussion of slavery in Congress. And the quote that we read a few days ago was, duty is ours, results are God's. And that was his response when somebody asked him why he didn't get down about such an overwhelming fight uh, when the odds seemed stacked against him. And you can translate that to your own lives pretty easily, folks, I'm sure. When you think everybody's against you and you're all alone, uh, whether it's professionally, you know, whether you're a student in high school, middle school, college, whether you're at home and you feel like you're having to stand up to your husband or your wife or your kids or everything else to do what God tells you to do. You think about how much pressure John Quincy Adams, after being president, and then going back to be a congressman must have felt on this issue when he stood up against slavery. Uh, and for a while, apparently, was one of the few who did. So, uh, we're just going to spend a few days reading some of the quotes and some of his letters. Uh, we'll see how far we get. This is 1811. Uh, wrote a letter to his son from St. Petersburg, Russia. The second time he was an ambassador there. My dear son, in your letter of the 18th January to your mother, you mentioned, and I've got to go to the next page, I'm sorry, that you read to your aunt a chapter of the Bible or a section of Doddridge's annotations every evening. This information gave me real pleasure, for so great is my veneration for the Bible, and so strong my belief, that when duly read and meditated on, it is of all books in the world that which contributes most to make men good, wise, and happy. That the earlier my children begin to read it, the more steadily they pursue the practice of reading it throughout their lives. The more lively and confident will be my hopes that they will prove useful citizens of their country, respectable members of society, and a real blessing to their parents. I have myself for many years made it a practice to read through the Bible once every year. My custom is to read four or five chapters every morning, immediately after rising from my bed. It employs about an hour of my time. Just, I have to stop here, folks, and I hope I don't go, well, I don't know, maybe I should go too far down, but 
we haven't done a podcast on priorities and and we will again but let this sink in for just a little bit that one of our arguably greatest ambassadors to another country you can imagine how busy he was especially at this time with a young country still young himself and married and yet he still found time each morning to get up spend time with god read the bible day after day after day not like once a week or once a month or you know once every six months every single day and you could look at his thoughts and his comments on how much of a better person that made earlier in this letter to his son but but time-wise priority-wise we use the excuse so often that we don't have time we don't have time to spend with god to pray to read the bible we don't have time to sit and talk or listen to our spouse to have sex with our spouse we don't have time to you know spend with our kids what those, those really those what are supposed to be those top priorities we don't have time to really pay attention to what's going on with the country or do anything about it and it's all a lie folks it's a lie that we've either sold ourselves or bought from somebody else and some of it has to do with this whole self-care you know i need to worry about me i need to take care of myself i just i'm so stressed out from all day caring for the kids that i need time to myself i don't have time for my husband or i'm so tired from being at work all day i don't, I don't have time to sit and listen to my wife about her little problems here at home or whatever it is you take whatever your angle is there folks whatever excuse you've allowed yourself to create and apply it but yet we have all this time to scroll our phones we have all this time to watch movie after movie tv show after tv show we have all this time i always use this one folks because it's the one that i have struggled with most off and on over the years uh, although i have other struggles too all this time to sit and watch a whole football game or basketball game or volleyball game multiple times a week which takes a bare minimum usually of two hours maybe three depending on what you're watching but I don't have time for God each day. I don't have time for my spouse each day. It's simply not true, folks. And this is a great example, John Quincy in this letter. Uh, you know, we think we're busy. We don't know what busy is as far as being importantly busy, things that actually matter. And so uh, let me throw this one bone out there to the very few, the extremely small percentage of people that might actually be that busy. Something's gone wrong. Something's gone majorly wrong and you need to fix it. Whatever that means, whatever that takes, sitting down and talking with your spouse about it, not working the overtime, whatever it is, and if you've gotten yourself into a financial hole where your mortgage is killing you, your car payments are killing you, your credit card debt is killing you. Your school loans are killing you. I've been through all of that, folks. Every single one of those I've had at some point in my life. 
So I understand. I do. I get it. I get a financial hole. I get the problems that come with it. Something's got to change. Because if we've got priorities over God first and our spouse second, excuse me, it's gone wrong. I'm going to say one more thing. I'm going to get back into this with John Quincy Adams. And it's a, it's a paraphrased quote of, of uh, Rogan off of his podcast. Uh, and you can roll your eyes at that and that's fine. Uh, and I'm going to par- I say paraphrase because <laughs> I'm going to clean up the language quite a bit. But he was talking about if you find yourself in a dead-end job that you just hate, right? But I'm going to use it when you're talking about the real priorities of God and your spouse, your marriage. If you find yourself in a situation where you truly don't have the time for God and your spouse each day, you messed up. And the very first thing you have to realize is that you messed up. You messed up bad, horribly. And you better start to spend every waking minute at that horrible job you have or that death mountain of debt that you've created to figure out, to work towards getting out of that situation. If you're older uh, and you can stand the profanity, I'm sure you can look it up pretty easily. It's a, it's a pretty impressive quote. And, uh, and I, <laughs> the sentiment is certainly good. It is essential, my son, in order that you may go through life with comfort to yourself and usefulness to your fellow creatures, that you should form and adopt certain rules or principles for the government of your own conduct and temper. It is in the Bible you must learn them, and from the Bible how to practice them. Those duties are to God, to your fellow creatures, and to yourself. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength and thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, Jesus Christ expressly says, hang all the law and the prophets. That is to say, the whole purpose of divine revelation is to inculcate them efficiously upon the minds of men. Let us, then, search the scriptures. The Bible contains the revelation of the will of God. It contains the history of the creation of the world and of mankind, and afterward the history of one peculiar nation. Certainly the most extraordinary nation that has ever appeared upon the earth. It contains a system of religion and of morality, which we may examine upon its own merits independent of the sanction it receives from being the word of God. I shall number separately those letters that I mean to write you upon the subject of the Bible. I wish that hereafter they may be useful to your brothers and sisters as well as to you, as you will receive them as a token of affection for you during my absence from your affectionate father, John Quincy Adams. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot there at the end, folks, uh, but we're already at the end, so I'm going to have to let you go. We'll come back and start there again. As I said, we're going to spend a few days with John Quincy Adams, the uh, hellhound of slavery.
God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.